0: Today, on another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast, I'm discussing everything AFL fantasy-wise, this time wrapping up round 17. Massive weekend, huge scores. Uh, A lot of coaches were very lucky and very uh, excited to see their team score at the end of the round. Um, I was one of those lucky coaches. Um, You can listen to exactly how my team unfolded very soon. Uh, Just a few quick things on Sports by Fry. I am currently writing a Novak Djokovic piece, which will be out by the time you're listening to this podcast, so make sure you check out sportsbyfry.com to read that. A few other exciting uh, pieces in the works this week. I'm going to do my uh, Smokies for the Brownlow, guys that are kind of flying a little bit under the radar. I'll do an update on the AFL free agents as well. That'll probably be out tomorrow maybe Wednesday Australian time, but let me dive into everything AFL fantasy from round 17. Welcome to the Sports by Fry channel. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Fry and I'm back talking round 17, everything AFL fantasy wise, huge week. Lots of coaches are very lucky, uh, very, very high scores from a large number of players. Saw some pretty massive uh, point totals out there. I was pretty lucky, uh, scored over two three season high for me, so I'm not going to be complaining at all. Had three blokes in my side score one fifty, but there were definitely some dudes in there who kind of weighed down the rest of my uh, superstars. So let me dig into how the large fries and coke unfolded this weekend. Two three one four, uh, very nice. I actually <laughs> I was in the top thirteen thousand, but I only moved up. I think it was like 500, 600 spots in rank. It was hilarious. Um, If you're listening on the podcast, this is the part of the episode where I usually reveal my team because this is also a YouTube video. So if you want to interactively check out my team, then you can hit up uh, YouTube to check that out. Defence was pretty good. I ended up locking in Laird's VC score on Thursday night of 122. So that was effectively my captain score. Whitfield was enormous. Uh, Luke Ryan did very well to uh, redeem himself after two crappy scores. He's still probably going to go in the next week or two, but held his spot for now. Um, Cade Simpson and Yoey's 70s were a little bit of a worry, and just quietly, uh, I'm a little bit concerned about Simpson's health, but he should be better next week, fingers crossed. Uh, Next up, what have we got in the midfield? A couple of other big scores. Um, Like I said, Um, in my article this week, I was lucky enough to actually have the top four scorers. So I also had Mitchell, Dangerfield, and Zaki Merritt. So it was very nice to see uh, a couple of massive scores on my team sheet. Few other people let me down. Neil Gibbs and Sidebottom was tagged by Hutchings. Hopefully they can be a bit better. Neil's another one who's potentially on the block. Um, I got Sires score instead of Giro's, my emergency, which kind of sucked considering he suffered a cork and was out uh, for pretty much second half, but so be it. Dane Beams, death in the rucks, solid, did their job. I'm expecting big things from these guys in the next couple of weeks. I reckon they're going to be enormous. In the forward line, which has really been my toughest uh, position to nail all year, everyone was pretty good. Um, you know, Guelphy doesn't usually score 90, but Mickey Walters doesn't usually score 60. So if you were to flip those two scores, then everything would be pretty standard. Um, I really need to start chasing the likes of Westhoff and Devin Smith. Uh, lucky I've got Danger, so I can put him back in there. But yeah, I need to start looking at getting some superstar uh, forwards in. Um, I don't think I'll be doing it this week though, um, with my two trades, got a little bit of money to play with. But yeah, effectively, that's how the large fries and coke went. So yes, even I benefited from some of those huge scores. uh I scored two, three plus. Um, didn't move up as much as I would have liked to in the ranking, but you know, Still six weeks to go, I can do it, uh, nothing's impossible. A couple of tribunal things, there wasn't a lot to report, um, way back on Thursday night, feels like an eternity ago, Tex Walker, remember he uh, chipped Zach Toohey, only got off offered a week for that surprisingly, but uh, yeah, he's set to miss some time. The other bloke, Ryan Nyhouse, probably isn't a fantasy relevant dude, he's been referred straight to the tribunal, but the bloke that he tackled, Robbie Gray, is definitely relevant, a lot of people still have gray on their side and now that he's dipped under 500k there you know they're going to be stuck with what to do but yes Robbie Gray's nasty concussion should see him miss next week at least maybe the week after so he's a must trade sticking with injuries just quickly uh, Paddy Ryder I think it was a hip flexor that he's strained twanged so he's out for a couple of weeks Nick Nat unfortunately it is an ACL or a complete near Recon that he needs, so he's out for the year. Um, So if you own one of those two Ruckman, then especially in draft, it might be time to look for a late season trade or a waiver wire option. Swans uh, veteran Josh Kennedy hasn't really looked himself all year, hurt his back in an attempted tackle this week and scored pretty bad. So if you have him in draft or a former classic, you could probably ditch him. Another Ruckman who I skipped over was Matty Cruiser suffered elevated heart rate I think it was uh, that was the diagnosis so went off in the first quarter and then yeah after half time was officially ruled out so hopefully he's okay um, but again if he's out then he hasn't really delivered his a bit injury prone this year so make a move there if you have to. Touching on the reserves very quickly uh, Braden Fiorini and Michael Barlow dominated for the Suns twos so they should both come back into the senior side no idea what Gold Coast's doing this year though so there are no uh, certainties to come back in, but they should, given their numbers in the uh, reserves. Out west, Dom Sheed dominated for the Eagles Resies and should be a cakewalk to go straight back in the side, probably for Venables. Harley Bunnell was pretty good, 19 touches. The sea tries to build back to a return, as well as Dan Pierce had a big game for Peel Thunder. In the SA NFL, Patrick Wilson was the crow's best, and Trengrove, Trengrove, Gove, I think it's Gove, uh, Jack Trengrove From the power, he was probably their best player, so those two dudes could get back into the side. Brett Deledio was on fire for the Giants reserves and uh, could earn himself a reprieve, as well as Sam Lloyd, who had a massive 150 plus uh, for the Tiggies. But Nathan Freeman, the bloke that everyone wants in, after years of heartbreak, uh, had another 25 touches. Nice big ton, 100 flat, so, he could be coming back in uh, or into sides soon. So watch Thursday night with a lot of uh, excitement because it could finally be the week that he's named for St. Kilda. Okay, I'm mixing things up a little bit. Instead of doing plus three and negative three, I'm gonna start doing something a little different. Um, I've been keeping a rank of who has been getting plus three, plus two, plus one, et cetera, each week. Um, and who's been getting negative three, what, two and one. So I've got a bit of MVP rankings. Um, that I'll release probably on Thursday around the time Jake and I do our trade video but I'm mixing it up from now on for the rest of this season at least I'm going to be doing Fry's favourite five so the best uh, honour you can get is a plus five for the best score of the weekend not necessarily the best score just the best performance I should say so this week the bloke who got a plus five wasn't necessarily the highest fantasy scorer and of course the same can be said for the bad eggs Um, in Fry's frustrating 5. So negative 5 again translates to the worst performance of the weekend. So again, I'll release the updated rankings on Thursday night, but yeah, this will be very interesting to see if anyone uh, moves a little bit over the last six weeks. So this has already been a big episode, so I don't want to take too much more of your time. Patrick Dangerfield is my plus 5. Tom Mitchell a little bit unlucky, but Dangerfield deserves it just based on the fact that we really needed a big score from Danger. A lot of people, and some coaches might have even done it this week, were looking at trading him out. Uh, Now that he's got new DPP, which I'll talk about um, a little bit later on, now that he's got DPP as a forward, he offers huge upside. So well done, Paddy. The man who scored six points more than him, Tom Mitchell. Uh, A lot of people would have been scared off, myself included, from making him captain, and we all regretted it as soon as we saw him... uh, Run out against the Lions, massive score, should be good again for the rest of the year. Look, he's must-have property. He's the form player of the competition. A little bit frustrating, a couple of 80s and 90s, but hopefully he can turn them into 110s and 120s for the run home. Plus three, if if it was any other week, Lockie Whitfield would be higher up on this list, but three scores of 150 unfortunately mean he just cracks into three, although he looks like a must-have defender, top six for sure. So if you don't have him, get him in. Plus two, same thing could be said. Another huge score. And just quietly, well done, Zach Merritt. Because you've turned your form around. A lot of people weren't in um, as such, especially after the first half of the year. But six straight tons, well done, Merritt. Lastly, plus one, this could have gone to Jack Redden. But after McRae's monstrous score against the Demons, uh, look, he looks like a fantasy gun. Um, I wouldn't be trading him in right away. I'll talk a little bit about why later on in the video slash podcast. But... Yeah, he's going to be must-have property by the end of the year. Star. Frustrating fives. In a high-scoring week, uh, a couple of people who scored pretty decently are going to find themselves on the end of some negatives. Uh, no one was more disappointing than Brody Grundy. A couple of people flagged that the Eagles game could be a bit of a worry for him, but a season-low 68. The first time since round one that he's dripped under a... dripped... dropped under 100. Uh, but Grundy will be better against uh, Goldstein next week. Won't be... A huge score, but I should expect him to go pretty solid. I reckon he'll get about a one Negative four goes to his teammate, Steel Sidebottom, who was uh, shut down by Mark Hutchings. Not a lot else to say, really. He'll be better again next week, uh, much like Grundy. Don't look into it too much, but we need more Steel. Negative three goes to a Sydney Swan, Luke Parker. He's a bit disappointing. We thought that he could be a real 110, 120 player, but he's bounced between 110, 80, and 50, um, and too many of those scores have been towards the 50 and 80 marks. So for owners, this might be the last straw. I think there's plenty of other value out there, so get rid of him while you can. Negative two this week, like I said, a bit harsh, but considering the high scores around the grounds, Elliot Yo, we needed more out of arguably the premier defender in fantasy, so 76, especially against Collingwood will not cut it. Last but not least, again, a little bit unlucky and I could probably have searched a little bit harder and found someone else, but Josh Kelly, second straight score under 100 and a lot of people would have traded him in two weeks ago thinking he was must have property. Uh, But yeah, Kelly, you need a lift, mate. 88 isn't good enough. Uh, Fingers crossed he can return to form next week. And yeah, it's not a pattern that he's starting to uh, develop, but yeah, negative one is fair enough for an 88, we need more. Before I dive into more of the numbers from round 17, uh, let me talk a little bit about some of the DPPs. So round 18 means we got our third and final batch of new dual positioners. There wasn't really a lot to talk about though. Patrick Dangerfield was the obvious one. Um, we debated a lot you know, throughout the season whether he was going to get mid-forward status. But finally, apparently it was a perfect split down the middle. So now he's a forward as well as a midfielder. Huge for uh, coaches that do have him and, of course, makes him a big trade target. Probably uh, a lot for a top six forward. So if you don't already have Dangerfield, then he'll very quickly come into your trade plans. Aside from that, there wasn't really a lot else that mattered. There were a few rookies and interesting cash cows that gained an extra position. Guys like Brody Majacek, Quinton Narkel and Stefan Giro all gained forward status, which is a bonus. Uh, I own two of the three, so... Most coaches out there would have some form of those three, so that's kind of cool. A handy link, maybe. Along with a couple of other dudes, Ed Richards gained midfielder status and Michael Appenas gained a ruck. So, probably a few less coaches have those two, but with the exception of those roughly half a dozen guys, there wasn't really a lot to talk about dual positioners. Okie dokie, noteworthy numbers. Jack McRae still has the highest break-even in the comp at 161. Um, so I wouldn't look at getting him in just yet. He'll be right for the picking in a few weeks. Uh, after their bad scores, the players that I've already mentioned as well, Brady Grundy, Steel Sidebottom and Josh Kelly, all three of them are set to go down a little bit in price. So if you're looking at trading one of them in, wait on because their price will go down. On the rookie front, a pair of defenders, Colin O'Royden from the Swans and Alex Morgan, a bit surprisingly, from the Roos. Uh, They offer the most upside at the moment with very low negative break-evens. The three blokes that we've been talking about for a few weeks, Braden Sire, Quinton Narkel and Brad Lynch um, from the Dogs are also fine options. I'd be a little bit uh, cautious about trading in Sire if you don't have him already because with his corked quad he might miss a little bit of time. But yeah, those five dudes that I mentioned, all good value. When it comes to form, though, no one is better than Tom Mitchell right now. He's a shade under 150 in his last three weeks, but he's an absolute gun. Get him into your side. His score is a little bit boosted by that huge 190, but doesn't matter. He's good for 140 any week, so I would be getting him in if you don't have him for some stupid reason. Second on the list, Andrew Gaff. You could almost say Mitchell's 1A and Gaff's 1B. Doesn't look like no matter who the Eagles are playing, Gaff's going to find trouble scoring. A lot of negatives in there. Let me try and reword that. Gaff's going to score no matter who they're playing, so get him in. Zach Merritt deserves a shout-out, but if you're looking for an option in another line, you could probably look for Brayshaw in defence. He's in my trade plans in the next few weeks and is could be the number one defender by the time the season's done and dusted. In the rucks, Maximus gone. Um, now that Grundy's had a little bit of a, a blimp, I think Gorn is the form Ruckman at the moment, and another favouring fixture should see another big score this week. And finally, in the forward line, again, 1A, 1B, almost you could go Westhoff or Devon Smith. But I think Devon Smith, just on form and numbers, is a little bit ahead. But if I was picking, I'd just go for Westhoff. Quick-fire trades. Um, like I've talked about, Mitchell and Gath, if you don't have them, you need to get them in. But there's plenty of value to be had, especially in the midfield this week. Uh, you could look at trading in Matty Crouch, who's priced at around 670 from memory. Um, he's played his way back into some form, but even cheaper still, under 600k mark, you could trade in Rory Sloan, who, after signing for five years, might just play awesome to end the season. Now that the contract's not weighing on his mind, not out of the question. Dustin Martin is another one. Couple of big scores: 114 against the Crows, and then from memory, a 91 last week against the Giants, um, makes him an option. And Luke Shuey from the Eagles, priced at about 550 grand, is probably going to be the most traded in player this week. Uh, doesn't seem like anyone's going to slow down the Eagles' mids, and the Bulldogs won't be doing it this week. So you could look at trading in one of those guys. Again, from the rookie front, those five dudes who I've already mentioned are probably your go-tos. I still rate Sire just over narkle slightly. Um, but of course, if one of them's named and one of them's not, and one of them's dropped, etc., that changes things. Um, and I have O'Royden ranked just over Alex Morgan in defense. So if you're looking at trading in rookie and making money, you could definitely look at one of those five dudes. Trade outs. I don't think we should overreact and trade out our premiums. So Josh Kelly, who I talked about, is probably right on the edge of the line. If you've had another player... Say they've scored similar to Kelly for the last two weeks and they've dished up a third straight crappy score. Maybe Ed Kerno fits this bill, then that's probably when you trade them out. But if someone like Sidebottom had an off week or Gibbs, who's also in my side, you know, if, if they score bad, then, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. We do want excellence out of our superstars at this time of the year. But yeah, don't overreact after one or maybe even two bad weeks. As the season nears an end, there's plenty of rookies that we can cull. Uh, Josh Smith, who's not... Pl- <clears throat> Sorry, Joel Smith, who's not playing at the moment from the Ds, is probably the number one bloke I'd get rid of. And with maybe Nathan Freeman named, there could be a perfect move for you. Otherwise, it's probably time for a lot of coaches where you're getting rid of that last player on your field. So Fritsch, might be time for him to go another 77 on the weekend. Uh, Dude, similar boat. Both of them have scored really well and have been great cash cows, but... You know it's time to go you've done your job thank you boys but we need an uber premium in that spot and maddie guelph is probably the last bloke who a lot of people might have on his field with that handy dpp so yeah trade out those rookies and get a star in just quickly looking ahead to next week um, i've got a couple of interesting moves in the works now when i released my article and was talking about on twitter i was planning on going Lockie neal down to maybe dusty to try and make some money. Um, as well as doing another downgrade, or even Shuey, doing another downgrade with Rice down to O'Royden. But I think that Rice O'Royden move might stay the same, or I might even get rid of Lockie Neal to try and bring in a big dog like Andrew Gaff. So those are what my trades are looking like at the moment. Team selection will probably dictate a bit, and I might even bring in Nate Freeman if he's named uh, for my last, or one of my bench spots. But that is another round wrapped up. Thank you for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, Make sure that you subscribe to the channel. Give a thumbs up. Feel free to leave any comments or questions that you have. The same can be said with uh, Twitter. You can hit me up at Sports by Fry or also find me at Alex Fry underscore six. I'm pretty sure that's my Twitter handle. If you can't find me, then check out the Sports by Fry one. That's an easy work place to find me. Also, if you're listening on the podcast, feel free to leave a rating and review to bump us up the rankings. Um, But otherwise... Good luck in round 18. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, peace.